Just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sidebar Forever. If you like the show, please subscribe to us at SidebarForever.com as well as share episodes of the podcast on your social media. That way, new listeners can find us as well. If you haven't seen Attack the Block, the 2011 sci-fi comedy horror film, don't beat yourself up over it. Shot and produced on a budget of only $13 million, Attack the Block was not a hit at the box office, but it did eventually find its audience via DVD, Blu-ray, cable television, and word of mouth. The movie is about an alien invasion of South London on the English holiday of Bonfire Night and how a charismatic gang of street kids sets out to defend the block against the invasion. The cast is mostly unknown young actors, but featured in lead roles are Jodie Whittaker, who went on to become Doctor Who, Nick Frost of Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead fame, and in his first feature film role, John Boyega, a.k.a. Finn, from the Star Wars universe. On the podcast, Swain and Dwight discuss how the film got made. The cast, including John Boyega's wonderful performance as Moses, similarities between British and American slang, and the recently announced sequel to Attack the Block, with Boyega and writer-director Joe Cornish both set to return. I'm Adrian Johnson. Join us on this episode as we play back a 2011 cult classic, Attack the Block. I don't even know what that is. I ain't even gonna say. You know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. That's an alien, bruv. Believe it. Must have come from outer space trying to take over the Earth, innit? When I landed in the wrong place, though, you guess? The wrong place. (laughs) Welcome to London, motherfucker. Welcome to the end, brother. This is the Block fam. Nobody fucks with a block, do you get me? The B-L-O-C-K Man, when I first started hearing about Attack the Block, kind of like you, it was after, obviously, John Boyega playing Finn in, in The Force Awakens. Right. And I and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was our friend Sterling online who's like, oh, he was in Attack the Block. You know, that's a good casting choice. I really, you know, I really liked him in that. And I, and I love that movie and so on and so forth. And it seems like I started hearing a little bit more about it after after that. Was that your experience as well? Yeah. I, well, I hadn't seen any John Boyega films, obviously, because I think he was pretty much a, he was a newbie at that point, you know. Um, and I think they like in terms of the idea for Disney's new adventures with Lucasfilm, I think they like the idea of having a, a virgin cast. I mean, p- people are overexposed, and mm-hmm. a lot of their characters be developed like, you know, the way he be developed in, in the timeline they wanted to for the new film. So it makes sense to cast somebody like him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was his first That was his first feature film role, by the way. Oh, was it really? Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. He killed it, man. Like, he killed it. I mean, I, I, I mean he's he committed to the role. He looked like a... The, the character he was playing like a you know a, a street kid Moses he looked he looked like he would you know you know yeah stick you with his knife you know and keep rolling you know if you don't give him give him what, you, what he wanted you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he did he was and and that was something I think the director said that they were really trying to do they wanted someone who really embodied the character 
visually and uh, emotionally, you know, would it would give you that. And he actually gave you some levels in the uh, in his in his uh, in his performance too, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, as Moses in the movie. But this movie, man, this movie's ten years old this year. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand eleven is when it was released. It was written and directed by Joe Cornish. He's a uh, he's a writer and a comedian. He actually wrote the script to Ant Man. Co-wrote the script to Ant Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a banger. And he wrote Ten Ten, the Ten Ten movie. Yeah. Um, well, they all can't be good. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they can't all be winners. <laughs> but you know, he wrote this. This was his uh, his directorial debut. The movie stars, of course, John Boyega as as, as Moses. Uh, Jody Whittaker plays uh, Samantha or Sam, mm-hmm. and Nick Frost uh, plays uh, Ron. The drug dealer, right? And then they have you know a ton of young actors who play the uh, the additional characters in the uh, in the film. Yeah, uh, Biggs, Jerome, Pest, Dennis, and then uh, T and Dimples, two of the uh, the girls that, that come up later. Right, and of course you know Franz Franz is as uh, as uh, um, Firestorm in the first couple seasons of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and then the bad guys, you know, hi hats and tonks. Yeah. Uh, get that snitch. Grab that strap. Blap blap blap. <laughs> <laughs> Which had a kind of authenticity to it, man. I kind of liked. It, man, I was like, okay, that's 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 some gangster shit for real, right there. You know, that's what they it, would do. You know, it, it kind of was, but at the same time, right? like you could tell, like he's a bad guy in real life, but this song that he's promoting. Makes him sound like a poser and like 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 ridiculous, right. you know. Right. Grab that scrap. Right. Black black. It's like okay, of course that's what you wrote about. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Right. No surprise there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the 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 story of Attack the Block is it's it's about an alien invasion, uh, in South London, and it's on Bonfire Night, Guy, Guy Fawkes Night. Okay. And a bunch of street kids uh, end up mugging this nurse, uh, who's played by Jodie Whittaker. And uh, and then the aliens come, and then they kill one of the aliens. And then uh, it's kind of how, in the whole movie, it's kind of about how these street, this, these gang of street kids, who are very charismatic and very funny, uh, and it eventually they become lovable. And you know, and how the neighborhood kind of uh, uh, galvanizes, uh, uh, you know, their defense of the block against the uh, the aliens. Right. Uh, and, and there are other things that happen along the way, but uh, what, what was your initial impression, man? Because I didn't, I didn't think that you I, that you were actually going to sit down and watch it. I was t- texting you. I was trying to get a sense. Hey, are you going to watch this? So I'll know to watch it. And then you just texted me the next morning. He was like, I watched it. It was awesome. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, here's the thing about I liked about it, man. It gripped me from the beginning. Like they didn't take a long time with exposition. They went straight into the the the, the crux of what the movie was going to be about. They didn't waste any time with. You got you got a feel for who the characters were initially, as far as like the gang, the not gang, the street kids were, because they weren't really a gang, man. They were a ragtag, loose, you know, um, group of kids that were just you know sticking up people that were coming through the hood because that's what they did, yeah, to get money, you know, not just to find their reasoning behind what they did, but this is that's who they were as people, right? And you got a chance to see them grow beyond that when, once once things started to you know once things started to precipitate with the aliens and stuff. Uh, it was weird, man, because when you when you asked me to watch, I was like, okay, this is a this is a John Boyega film, and I've been a little burned out on Boyega because of the Star Wars thing, and that's not his fault that I am. But mm-hmm. so I, I give it, I give it a shot, you know. And as soon as the credits, start, as soon as things started rolling, it's like, okay, this is this is going to be cool. 
the, I like the soundtrack, the, the the sound bed they have for it. Yeah, was was very very good. Me too. Um, I, um, the alien design was interesting and not overwhelming, to where it's like when you, when you saw his teeth, you you thought they were his eyes. Right. So I thought, oh, that was a very interesting touch, you know. And, and they and they were they were this this this, this crystal blue, um, and then we got close up on the alien. He was dark as an ink spot. Right. Like you couldn't see you, you, the rest of his body didn't, didn't really exist. So they, they saved money that way in terms of design goes, and as far as executing the character, the the, the alien characters go. Uh, compared to what the initial character that came through was like this monkey looking thing. Right. You know. And I was like, okay, is this what it's going to be like? Ugh, I hope not. You know. <laughs> well, the the cool thing was you didn't see much of, and that was the first alien that attacked them uh, as they were uh, mugging Samantha, Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the female. You didn't see much of her after she she fought by Boyega, and then he you know he he stabbed her and killed her later on. Right. And then as they started dragging this this alien carcass through the streets of South uh, of South London through the ends. Right. Right. You know you I kind of liked it because it seemed like okay her body was starting to decay. Right. And, and rigor mortis and. Um, and, and shrivel up to some extent. And then when they put her in the weed room, it really looked like kind of shriveled up and frozen or whatever. Right. You know, so, uh, but yeah, but I like the fact that the, uh, the males of the species were kind of these, you know, almost like faceless dark blobs mm-hmm. um, that didn't reflect any light at all. They just looked like a shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seemed to work. And my understanding is, is that this was, you know, mostly practical effects. It was an, a person in a suit Okay. You know, you know, and and then they just use the uh, use Photoshop to kind of you know blur out all the reflective light off of it, and then you know to make the teeth, you know, really kind of glow and pierce. Yeah, and I, I loved it, man. Uh, I loved it the first time I sat down and watched it, I, and I believe my other buddy Damien had recommended it to me at one point too. But um, yeah, I, I loved it from the first time I saw it. Like you said, you know, you you get thrown right into the story. You immediately kind of know what's going on. Um, it's a famous one of those in one night movies that we uh, that we've talked about in you know in our text exchanges. Very along the lines in a way of like uh, the Warriors, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent, or um, um, you know, Judgment Night in a way where it's like okay, we've got to get from you know from you know we've somehow got to get to a place of safety before the night is over, kind of a kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I really really dug it and um, and I I was I was actually more impressed with Boyega as an as an actor mm-hmm. in this than I, than I was you know him as Finn. Oh yeah, of course. You know, of course. And it's, again, it's 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 the material. I mean, it's the material, you, and you get if you get good direction, you have a good, a good solid script that you can get into. You know, you have you, you you can arise to the occasion. But if you don't get a good script, you know, and you get a you know. Kind of a half half baked script. Is you get what you get, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this in no time. It, it felt. It's all, it's all felt relatable because they were they were human and they were very very they were very um, fallible. Yeah. You know? um, as mentioned, you know, the director of the film, Joe Cornish, he wrote the script, and he said he came up with the idea after seeing Signs with Mel Gibson. Okay. Okay. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, I can see elements of that in there. He said that uh, he said, you know, he said, well, I wonder what would happen if this happened in South London, you know, if this, hmm. you know, and he was just thinking that the and apparently they had a real, you know, street gang problem going on. And, you know, and it was bleeding over into, you know, like racism and, you know, and people, you know, refer to him as hoodies, you know, and, and you okay. know, 
Um, and he said, you know, and, and oddly enough, Cornish himself did get carjacked uh, in South London years before. Okay. And, uh, and it was kind of like this was, you know, they had their hoods up, they had their masks on, you know, they took his phone, they took, you know, they took all of his stuff or whatever. And he said, he started thinking, you know, what if, what if the aliens came down right now at this particular moment? He said, these, these, these bad kids, I'd be looking for them to kind of protect me and, and to have my back, you know, if we had to, you know, fight, fight off the aliens. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. It, it came out of something real, uh, as, as far as a real experience goes. But, um, what did you think of the, uh, because I always I watch so many things now with with the uh, closed caption on with the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it with subtitles or did you just watch it straight out? I watched it straight out. You did? Yeah, no, no subtitles. Yeah, I probably I, when I, if I when I watch it again, if I'm going to watch it again, I will I would watch the subtitles. But at a certain period of time, it gets adjusted to their, their their dialect. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so now I try to listen with with the. Uh, it's but it's 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 distracting to be true. But you you, you know the fact you can see their faces and they're just and, and how they just you know how they you know gesture and things like that. You can kind of get a feeling for what they're talking about. You know exactly exactly the yeah. body language and the situation kind of tells you a little bit of what they're mm-hmm. saying. And um, I loved man like at the you know at the beginning of the movie when the kids were mugging Sam, you know they were very menacing and heartless and you kind of hated them, mm-hmm. you know as you were supposed to you know as the viewer. And then as the movie progressed, you saw these baby faces and you saw them joking and kidding with one another. And then you saw them interacting with the, their other friends, the, uh, the girls who show up later, Tia mm-hmm. and Dimples mm-hmm. and, uh, and the rest of the girls. And, uh, and then, of course, and then that's kind of the thing I was saying about John Boyega's performance. In the beginning, you know, he seems like, you know, like he's a bad guy. And then as he takes the mask off and as the night unfolds, you realize he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 15 years old. Right. Um, and he's very much a kid in the sense of, you know, he's he's at that point where he's about to tip over into, I'm going to do something really, really awful that's going to put me in jail. Right. Or, you know, maybe I'll go the other way. But it doesn't seem like the odds are that he's going to go the other way. Because, you know, he says later in the movies, you know, she says, hey, who do you live with? He says, I live with my uncle. Uh, is he here? And she says, is he here now? And he says, nah, he comes and goes, goes mostly. Mm-hmm. So basically he's having to raise himself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I did love the, uh, the, the London slang because some of it was similar to ours where they were like, you know, you all run does is just, is just blaze and sell weed and blah, 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 <laughs> right. blah. You know, right. and they use like the term ghosting and, you know, come on fam, you know, you know, calling each other fam and blood. Right. Um, and I've always loved, like, uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, South Londoners, you know, when they call each other bruv, you know, short for brother. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, bruv. You know, in America, we say bruh, but they say bruv, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. and, I, and I, lo- I love that. And even, um, you know, at one point, Brewis, the, uh, the kind of uh, uh, more well-to-do, he's not from South London, he's from somewhere else, uh, who, who's buying weed from Ron. Who's clearly, you know, he wants to be down, right. you know, he, he wants to get, you know, be accepted by, you know, by these these kids from the street. But they know right. he's younger, not. Younger than he is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Even younger than him. <laughs> and they, they're still like, man, fuck you, you poser. But um, but he uh, even he, you know, he's like, he, you know, they, you know, he calls the police the popo. Right. And uh, and they use the term five oh. The pie hats was an accident. No, 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 no. There's bear creatures chasing us. Big alien gorilla wolf motherfuckers, I swear. 
Some creature fell from outer space and jumped Moses, so we bored it. And now his bridge have come down in force blood. Then Moses got shifted by the feds, and then things attacked the bully van and savaged the bluefoot, so we jacked the van. We're running for our lives now, cuz. Believe. Jack a bully van. Crash it into my whip. Then chat shit about aliens to me. This is making me nervous, blood. That boy stole cough, you know. Police are gonna be all over this. Trying to snake me. <laughs> what? You wanna bring arms to me now? You wanna merc me? You wanna war with me? Listen to me, cuz. I'm not even lying. If we was making it up, don't you think we'd make up something a bit better than aliens? Say that word one more time. But some of the other right. things that were a little different from our slang was, uh, you know, at two points in the movie, you know, Moses, they say, oh, Moses, look, she's she's ducking out on us. Moses, should we go get her? And he says, allow it. And then referencing the uh, the police paddy wagon, paddy wagon sounds like I'm 80 years old. Uh, they referenced the, uh, the police van as the bully van. It's the bully van. The bully van. Yeah, that's what they that's what they called it. And then they kept that's using funny. like, they you know, I'm telling you, man, swear down, you know. And they would use the term bear, like, oh, these bear creatures, and this bear this and bear that. And I never did quite understand what that was a reference to. Right. Uh, although I, sh you know, I should have, but I didn't, uh, right. I didn't quite get it. But, yeah, I loved, you know, the kind of cultural parts of it. You know, the movie takes place in a fictional uh, council estate called uh, Wyndham Homes. And I get the impression it's not exactly the projects. I think it's the thing where the government actually owns these apartments and these homes. Right. And then, you know, you can rent them and lease them or whatever. Right. Um, but they don't seem like it's not a high rise. It's not fancy by any means. You know, hence why you might have someone who's solidly middle class living there. And then maybe someone who is solidly, you know, uh, just above the poverty line, maybe still living there, too. I couldn't quite figure that part out. Um, right. But um, but I did. I, but I did like the fact that, you know, they, they were all kind of in this one neighborhood and that. um and it was kind of interesting, too, that the aliens chose uh, bonfire night, you know, when everybody's shooting off fireworks. Right. You know, to, to you know, because nobody would notice them, so to speak. They're, they're a strange breed anyway, man. I, I, I doubt their sophistication, man. Like, I don't, I don't see them as being, like, enough to, I mean, I mean, if it was only, what, maybe, say, a hundred of them, maybe, at best, you know, we'll call it that. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, why would they, why would they choose, like, I mean, it seems like one was escaping the other. It's almost like the, the runt, which was a female, was... Came came down first, and the other ones are after her, to bring her back or whatever. And and you know they're not really the kind of they're not an invading force because they don't they're not there's no weaponry. They're just they're just creatures. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's kind of like so. It's just, I, I don't know what their what their what their motive would have been to, to land in South London. It's just they were just there by mistake or whatever the case may be. And they're just like this crazy, you know, animalistic ferocious force that that came to to just do ha wreak havoc where they possibly could. It was weird, man. So yeah, you know that. To, to, for me to lean too much into that as, as a... Um, as a story point? As a, uh, a backdrop. Right, as a story point. Backdrop and story point. Is, I really couldn't get into it. It's just the, the, the fact that these kids and these people were in a moment where they had to defend themselves from a, this, this assailing force that was trying to eat them and kill them and whatnot. That was my main point of, of, of enjoyment with that understanding. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wyndham Holmes or Wyndham Tower... Uh, was actually named that in honor of a, uh, an English science fiction writer named John Wyndham. Okay. Um, and if you, there's a point in the beginning of the movie where there's an overhead and you see the the names of, of the neighborhoods and the uh, and the uh, and the estates, 
and even street names. And so, like, there were other, was, was uh, Huxley Court, you know, named after Aldous, Aldous Huxley. Okay, cool. <laughs> there was a Wells Court uh, named after H.G. Wells. And there was a Moore Court named after Alan Moore. Alan Moore? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Is, is yeah. that was real? Really? Okay, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that I thought that was uh, that was actually pretty cool. That was uh, right um, to to kind of do that. The um, and I think the other thing too, like I was mentioning about the kids when the kids first show up in the film, you know they're kind they are you know they are like low lifes you know pretty much. After you see them after a while and you realize you see them like riding their bikes and kind of goofing off. Then it almost takes on kind of like an E.T. or a Goonies kind of a quality. Yeah, I was going to say that. It, it, it felt very much beholden to a lot of ways to what, what Spielberg did in, in terms of, in terms of um, Goonies and whatnot. You know? mm-hmm. It felt very, very, very immersive. Like you, you, you felt sorry. For, you, felt the, you felt the humility. You felt the humanity of these kids, which is what they, what they want you to do. Because that, that, that built the uh, sense of urgency necessary to make these aliens more malevolent. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then, and yeah. and uh, the director said that you know a lot of films, uh, and this movie was made on I think a thirteen, eleven or thirteen million dollar budget. It wasn't much money, and it was it was it was by far a flop at the box office. It didn't even make half of its money back in the box office. Wow! But it found a new life later on via you know um, you know all the other media you know DVD and Blu-ray et cetera and cable word of mouth, you know internet and and so forth. Um, and, and really, you know, took on took on a life after the box office uh, and found it and found its uh, its audience. But the uh, the director said that a lot of British films, you know, he says, you know, especially, you know, a fictional story like this, you know, with kind of fantastic elements. He says, you know, they're they're usually kind of shot in kind of a uh, like a muted or kind of a water washed out palette. So he wanted to make sure that the film looked fantastic. Like he wanted to, he wanted to show the fantastic happening in a place where it normally wouldn't. So you know, you had smoke with flares and colors behind it, you know, mm-hmm. and lights, you know, orange and greens and and reds. Um, it was very, very vibrant, which is which is he says is different from a lot a lot of British films mm. um, that we would see. You know, we would see them kind of look a certain have a kind of a drabness to them. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I actually kind of picked up on that too. You know, was, you know, uh, the uh, the color the color palette I thought was uh, was 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 really great, man. What did you think, man, of the? Um, uh, and we talked a little bit about the special effects, but um, what did you think about some of the uh, the camera movements and whatnot? Because for this to be a first time director, I thought it was like I never lost my place. I always knew where right. where I was and what was happening. What 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 was your impression of him as a first time director, man? Oh, it was excellent, man. I mean, I, I I mean, like I said, it was like it was it was immersive. Um, I was drawn into like when they go inside the, the apartment complex for the first time. You, you don't lose you don't lose place where they are, you know. Um, when you, when you when you um, um, see them walking, going through the neighborhood, bragging with it with the with the, with the alien in tow, you know, <laughs> that's 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 some tricky business, you know. And, and to see to see that, you know, of course, I realize that as as he meets these characters, these people, he's all he's, they're all going to come into play in the, later, later on in the movie. So, um, yeah, man, I, I liked it a lot, man. I, it reminds me a little bit of um, of another British TV show I liked. Well, not the British TV show, but a British British show I liked called um, was it was a TV show called Misfits. Mm. When you had these, these kids, um, there was a series. It went for like several, 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 episodes, several um, seasons, and it was these kids that were were also got got superpowers, and they had to 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 um, come to come to to, to uh, 
they try to bring, some, bring their, their abilities into a, some sense of normalcy within their regular lives. And it, they, they were trying to, um, you know, uh, just, you know, reckon, reckon with the situation they were in. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I just felt the same with these kids. It also reminds me of um, that um, movie that first started Rosario Dawson called Kids a long time ago with my name. Yes. You know? Yes. And, um, yeah, that, that, felt, that felt pretty awesome, too. Um, I don't know what the, I don't like the, the, the hallway lighting situation was weird to me. Like, okay, so is it sensor related to where you walk down the hall and you know, it picks up where you are and it, it turns on? That's kind of creepy to me. Like, I understand you're trying to you know, save electricity. I guess anybody's super want to save electricity as far as overall billing goes. Right. But man, it seems like that'd be kind of just, just you know, kind of foreboding in of itself. I mean, you, you have somebody that's smart and wants to mug somebody or and uh, do ill deeds. They they can hide in, hide in the dark until someone actually moves and, and you know and, and um, you know stick you up or whatever. So that was that was weird to me. But yeah, the cinematography is really good, man. Yeah, yeah, I I thought so too. I thought so too. I was like, "Why are the lights off?" I mean, isn't that a little dangerous? You know, right? Uh, you know, why are the why are the lights off at various times? They have to turn them on like manually and whatnot. But um, but yeah, man, I thought the, the some of the camera movements, like when they were shooting the uh, the you know the fireworks down the hallway, and you know one that one beautiful shot where you know uh, Moses has decided he's going to go and fight the aliens. He has the samurai sword. I love the fact that samurai swords show up in everything as this kind of. <laughs> primal i'm i'm tapping into my primal you know killer self you know michonne on the walking dead and right uh so forth but you know he's jumping through the door and they shoot the fireworks and the fireworks come right at the camera and then moses jumps out and then the aliens chase him mm-hmm. uh i love that shot i love the shot at the uh toward the end of uh, the middle of the movie when um uh dennis is on the moped and they kill dennis's dog pogo and he's like this is for pogo and then he's standing and he's got the samurai sword and he's on the motorbike and there's smoke in the street, and then there's color behind it coming through, and then he, you know, he goes goes into it. It almost reminded me of that uh, that scene in uh, uh, Black Rain. Okay, yeah. With uh, Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia, you know, we had they were riding on the motorcycles, and they had the swords, and it would, you know, sparks from the sword yeah. on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I loved it. I thought he did a great job for as for a first time director. Yeah, man. Right, the, scene, the scene that gets me that uh, comes to mind when not you mention it is is the scene where um, that character um, Jerome with the glasses mm-hmm. is walking through the smoke and he, and he loses track of where he is because his glasses fall off. Yeah, and he, and he, he, he drops his machete, which is such a the machete is such, is such a Caribbean African thing to have, dude. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it's like it's like okay, and he drops the machete. He's looking for it, and he's they're calling for different directions and stuff. If you just follow the sound, you know. Of, of, of people's voices that were calling him, his friends calling him, he would have made it through okay, but he, he gets disoriented, he starts panicking, and then he gets caught by one of the aliens. Right. You know? He couldn't tell if he was going toward them or away from them. You know, and they're in a hallway, so their voices are kind of echoing and ringing. Right. The further away that they get, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't figure it out, and then, of course, he got got. So he won't be back for the proposed sequel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> ten, ten little aliens, like, like you like to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly, like exactly. Cornish uh, was interviewed uh, about the movie, and he said that, um, you know, for the, you know, for the muggers in this film, you know, he said he didn't want them to be one dimensional criminals. Right. Um, he actually interviewed a bunch of uh, uh, like youth groups, you know, with kids who were kind of wayward and, you know, on the streets and whatnot to try to get a sense of the language. And he even asked him, like, if, if this happened, what kind of weapons would you use against the aliens? And that's where he got a lot of, you know, the machete and the baseball bats. 
and the fireworks, you know, since it was bonfire night and um, and other things like that. And, uh, and even meeting some of those kids, he said he, he realized that a lot of them had just kind of been quartered, cornered by life um, and had kind of been forced into a situation where, you know, they just had to kind of fend for themselves, much in the same way that uh, Boyega's character Moses had to um, and, and kind of became that. And the, and the kind of the, the sociological subtext of the movie was very cool in the sense mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of giving these people, you know, humanizing them. You know, beyond them just being kind of goofy, playful kids. You know, he says, you know, you know, maybe maybe these aliens were sent here by the feds, man. You know, first they sent they send the drugs in, then they send the guns in. Now they maybe they send in these creatures in to kill black boys. Right. You know, you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, a little heavy handed, but I, I, I I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That, that was cool, man. And it was uh, it was interesting how how Jody's character came around too, um, to seeing to seeing that well, you know, you guys actually have been. Um, my saviors, in a lot of ways, you saved my ass several times in the situation. You know where, right. where you could have, you could have. But she, me. I like the fact that she didn't get to it quickly. Right. You know, like later right. in the movie, they were like, you know, oh, we saved your life, yeah, and my fucking hero. You know. Right, right. You know, I wouldn't even have been <laughs> out here in this bullshit if you hadn't mugged me in the first place. You know, five people against a a, a, a single woman. Right. Yeah. So I like that. What did you? What did you? What did you think of uh, uh, Probs and Mayhem, yo? Oh, they're, they told me pretty cool after a while. <laughs> they told me pretty cool after a while, man. You know, it's like okay, so we, okay, you guys have you guys have two fake guns. One is a water. We thought it was a water pistol. It turns out it was something else entirely, which is a good right. thing. Right. And um, you know, and um, yeah, they they were they were trying to be want to be down. The little kids that want to be down with with the posse, yo. Like no, go home, go home, kid. Go home, study your homework, and and, and don't don't follow this lifestyle. Exactly. Don't go home and play FIFA. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was saying, "I want to play FIFA." Yeah. Which, <laughs> which which I didn't. I mean, I didn't. Uh, conversely, I didn't care much for like like hi hat, dude. I was I was glad he got it. Yeah, hi hat was an asshole. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he was a bully, and you know, I want to be gangster. I mean, and he was a gangster. He was like not afraid to you know to. Busting caps. Yeah, to bust a cap and and, and uh, you know to uh, use violence to get it, you know an ends to his means because mm-hmm. he kept saying this is my block, it's my block, right. you know. Right. Um, but um, but I um, another thing that I really dug about this was, like at the beginning, you know they're kind of just like kids, but by mm-hmm. the middle middle of the movie, by the second act, they are kind of like assassins. They like tool up, you know, so they go get their weapons. Right. Right. You know, and uh, 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 Dennis goes, he's got that motorcycle helmet, which didn't help him once, once the aliens chomped down on his skull. Not at all, sir. They ate his ass <laughs> up, yo. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but, you know, they were like tool up, you know, so they kind of go, like, take on the, you know, like, you, you almost feel like, okay, these 14, 15, and 16-year-olds might actually be formidable, you know, against these aliens. And even Ron, when Ron was sitting with uh, the character of Bruce, mm-hmm. he's like, what did... And Bruce is like, what if this really is an alien invasion? And Ron's like, look, this one got the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of teenagers. How bad how, <laughs> how bad could they be? <laughs> right, right, right. In the streets it's getting hot, and the youth them I get so cold. Searching for food for the pot, and they'll do anything to fill that gap. In the streets it's getting hot. And I had forgotten that uh, that Dennis gets killed. You know, the first time I watched it, I remember Jerome got killed, and I remember that uh, Pest got his leg bitten. 
Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember that uh, that that uh, that Dennis got killed in the apartment. And then when they started crunching on his head, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, so that was that was kind of a, a surprise to me. But um, one thing that kind of stood out to me, man, was uh, in terms of the movie. You know, it's a ten-year-old movie. It came out two thousand eleven. So mm-hmm. it's it's of its time when they're using their cell phones and they keep talking about not having a whole lot of credits, like, you know, cell phones with limited time on them. Right. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, and even, um, I want to think, well, I guess that that was really the only obvious reference that it, that this was a decade, a decade ago. Um, you know, everything else kind of holds up to, to, to modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. The Super Soaker is, is a, you know, was, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it works. It does. Everybody, everybody does a Super Soaker, soaker now, and they always put, you know, uh, gasoline or, or, you know, petrol in in the sense of, right. uh, petrol, you know, exactly. in, in, in Britain, you know, uh, inside of it, you know, so that, mm-hmm. you know, you can squirt somebody and then set, light their ass up, which the two kids, Probs and Mayhem, end up doing mm-hmm. uh, later on in the uh, in the movie, man. Um, another uh, quote from uh, from Cornish, the director, uh, and Adrian will kind of like this. He says, "I was inspired by Walter Hill and John Carpenter's movies like The Warriors and Assault on Precinct 13 and Streets of Fire, okay. sure. said, you know, which are all set at night and do really cool things with psychedelic colors at night." Uh, and that's where he's, he he mentions these his most you know British films are kind of set in like a gritty depressive kind of environment so you know they wanted to make a sci-fi movie and make it really you know be fantastic so he even said you know he wanted the motorbikes and whatnot almost to kind of feel like you know like the speeder bikes in star wars you know they just jump on them and then they just go um and um and the smoke you know to kind of you know almost be like the wicked witch of the west you know where you know it's green behind the smoke and all this kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. but i did i did like the fact that he actually did he referenced um uh, the Warriors and uh, an assault on Precinct Thirteen, because in that movie, in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, you know it takes place at a yeah, at a jail, and there's actually a guy who's a murderer, and he yeah. ends up aiding the cops, you know, in this uh, in this assault on the uh, on the building, and okay. you know you kind of they kind of join forces, you know, as these guys. That's right. Do. Yeah, that's that's Carpenter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And yeah. they made the remake, of course, later on with uh, with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and and Ethan Hawke. And right, a bunch of other uh, kind of cool right. character actors. So, right. um, the other thing I thought about too, man, and I didn't, I didn't catch this the first time. I caught it more the second time. You know where you know at the end of the movie they realize they're in Ron's weed room, holed up, and the aliens are coming for them, and they can't figure out why. And when they're in the weed room, you know there's an ultraviolet light, and they see that uh, Moses has, you know, all of this uh, this uh, the female alien's blood on him. Yeah, so they get so they get into a pheromone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so Brewer says, "Oh, it's maybe she's letting off a pheromone through her her you know through her uh, uh, through her blood, and they smell that on you, and that's why they mm-hmm. killed the people who touched the alien. So they killed mm-hmm. uh, Hi Hat's man Tonks, they killed Jerome, and then they killed uh, uh, Dennis. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and that's when Moses you know says, you know, I started this, I brought these aliens to the block, you know, I now right. I've got to fix it, you know." <laughs> And nice man. So you know the idea. You know this guy's name is Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the one who makes first contact with the extraordinary thing. Right. 
And then he sacrifices himself to kind of, you know, lead everybody to freedom. Right. You know, Uh, and I was like, okay, again, a little heavy handed, but that's okay. Right, right, right. Right, right. We get it. Yeah, yeah, it kind of kind of worked, man. But um, there's there's a proposed um, sequel to this that was announced recently um, with uh, Joe Cornish and with John Boyega set to return. And Boyega, you know, reprising his role as Moses. Uh, I don't think it's in production, but uh, I read an interview with Cornish and he said that, you know, during one of the uh, before one of the uh, early lockdowns, he said Boyega had came over, come over to his house and they sat in his garden and they talked for hours about, you know, doing a sequel. And, you know, apparently they, you know, they could maybe get financial backing and, you know, kind of what that would be. So and this is actually a decent, decent time for a sequel because Boyega was. He was a teenager when he made this. He was, you know, maybe 16 or 17. So, you know, now he's in his late 20s. So he doesn't look, you know, dramatically different than he did then. He'll look older, but not like, you know, you know, you see sequels where they come back 15 and 20 years. And it's like, OK, everybody's not going to yeah. hold up. You know, I mean, he's you know what I'm saying I mean, it could have gone really wrong. It's like, OK, but yeah, black don't crack. But, you know, it could. It just does it slowly, right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> But I think it would be neat if they did they did do a uh, a proper sequel to it and bring back some of those characters and some new characters and hopefully you know uh, a story that's you know that's worthy of uh, you know sequelizing this very small but you know beloved you know beloved movie. And see, that's the thing. Like, when we sequelized, it needs to be, it needs to be, this this is a this is a one and done for me. Like, it, it worked for me. It was it was small. It was it was a one night adventure. We try to turn it into a franchise. Right. It's like it's like okay. Or, or I know it's not a franchise yet because you agent talked about a franchise. But we we try to sequelize it. And there's no need to sequelize it. Like these are just some weird characters in some extraordinary circumstances, and they reacted to it. And these aliens are like one-off aliens. Like I said, they're not opposing enough. They they, they, they didn't have they don't have the same kind of gravitas that that um, your alien from Alien did, or or even the the, the aliens from uh, the the aliens from Predator. You know, they're just they're just one-off. Mm-hmm. So they they look they look more. They look more like the lap dogs of a, of, a, of an extreme spirit species than, than, a, than an actual species that would be about dominance in of itself. Right, right. You know, so uh, you know, for them to come back again the second time would be really, really, really like, strange for them to come back again the second time. You know, right. maybe it would be a situation where, okay, maybe maybe Moses is right. Maybe they maybe they were you know designed to kill to kill, to kill brothers or whatever the case may be because <laughs> black boys, cause, cause black boys, black black, bo- black boys. But because you notice, man, like it's interesting. I mean, it's so that all the aliens end up at the block? I mean, so for an invasion to be an invasion, dude, they, they say you, you, when you're invading something, you spread out. You don't just go to one place and one point of origin and, and, and tax all your resources there in one area. Well, you know what I mean? Well, so, so here's, here's the... I would counter that and say, if you go back to the movie Signs, mm-hmm. one of the things that the little kid, the little uh, McCulkin kid came up with from reading a book he says mm-hmm. it's like military, where they're not going to send in their smartest and their brightest. They're going to send the muscle in to beat everybody up and to 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 uh, you know to uh, to uh, take to, the front uh, of, bring to the front to, of the assault, to oppress everybody and to get them right. contained. And, right. and, and even before that, really, what they're trying to do is they're trying to send reconnaissance in to see, okay, how advanced is my enemy? How formidable is my enemy? You know, what right. do we need to do in order to take over this place? But yeah, to send in a team to basically kill everybody, set up camp, and then that's when the the 
the higher officers come later after the fact. So good point. But I agree with you that these just look like dogs. Like you know, stick the dogs yeah. on them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's like you know what they were to me. I thought this. Oh, I didn't. He thought, he thought this or not. They remind me of. Um, remind me of the Izzes from the Max show. Remember the Izzes from the Max. Yes, yes like, I do. Like, <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like yeah. they're like all all teeth and no body, yo. It's like yeah. okay, and they had two sets of teeth, at least two sets of teeth inside their mouths too. Yeah, like but, an upper, but they, but, lower, and then yeah. an inner second upper lower. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. weird, dude. But but they weren't. I, they were frightening only in the way they portrayed it in the, from the camera angles. But in terms of whether I would you know be concerned with like, beating them or not, I mean. Hell, even even Jody's character stabbed one below below the mandible and yeah. into into its into his mouth. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. And the girl, yeah. the girls killed one with uh with a, an ice skate. Did they really? Yeah. That remember work? the girl? I, they I busted so. in and the girls started beating it with the stick and with the uh, lamp. Okay. And then she grabs okay. the uh, she grabs an ice skate and boom 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 and then eventually the t- the, the 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 bladed tip of the ice skate pierces the alien's head and you see the blood go squirt. Okay. I was like, okay, <laughs> so they even took one out. That's funny. I know they used to, they t- they tased one with the light with the light post. Remember that? Yeah, really t- yeah. It's like, come on, you fuckers! <laughs> the uh, you this big gorilla wolf looking motherfuckers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the the designs of the creatures, um, you know, as mentioned, it was pretty practical. Like if you watch any of the behind the scenes, you see the guy in the suit. Okay. Uh, you know, just doing his thing, and. Um, but they were actually inspired by the Ring Wraths from Ralph Bakshi's uh, Lord of the Rings from 1978. Oh, ring, ring, ring Race. Ring Wraiths, excuse me. Ring Wraiths. Okay, cool. Okay, um, cool. And the wolf at the beginning of the movie 300. I don't If you remember the, uh, the Yeah, wolf. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so spo- okay. they're supposed to be kind of inspired uh, inspired by that. And see, I, I can see aspects of that. I'll see aspects of uh, St. Kevin's Demon Bear in there, too, yeah. St. Kevin's Demon Bear and even like the werewolves from... Um, uh, I think it's Thirty Days of Night. Uh, ben Temple Smith. Okay, yeah. Where they yeah, just be these sure. blobs, right? You know, with you know, with menacing faces and teeth, but they'd be these blobs. These you know, these right. kind of large kind of shapes or whatever. But right. Um, I, this movie kind of had me thinking. I was going to ask you, and you mentioned you know misfits earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as far as uh, maybe like a general love of uh, British cinema and TV. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because like watching this movie made me want to watch some other things uh, Mm -hmm. that I have seen in the past, you know, rewatch some things that I've seen in the past that are, you know, films that are set in Britain or set in the UK, let's say, maybe Mm -hmm. moving outside of uh, of London. Um, There was a movie called Girlhood I watched uh, Mm -hmm. another movie called Rocks. These are both kind of recent films. But um, but, you know, just like even. and I've been meaning to revisit it. Um, uh, Idris Elba's show, Luther. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, uh, the fellow, I forgot the fellow who plays the uh, the character in the Marvel Universe. He was in Lord of the Rings. What's his name, the actor? Uh, and I don't know. And, and he plays, he I, plays I, I, the government figure in Black Panther and, and uh, a few other things. But oh, he's in Lord oh of the uh, Rings. yeah, yeah. Um, damn. I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's plays Bilbo Baggins. Um, I forgot his name, man. <laughs> I know you're talking about though. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but you know, he's even wanting to maybe go back and kind of rewatch that because those always feel. Whenever I see Hollywood make a movie in London or in the UK, it tends to feel like Hollywood, 
And I don't right. quite know what it is about British cinema and British TV that's different. Maybe just it's just more authentic. It's just, you know, the, the details and the subtleties and the things that make it feel real. I get that, even though I've never lived there. And I've not, I'm right. not a, you know, someone who's from that culture. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And they, and they, and they, film, they film in different locations, man. There aren't your, your, your standard locations you get from, you know, oh, this is, this is you know, this is South Street or, or this, was, this is a main street that Main Dragon right. Ranch always goes on. And right. You get into little small nooks and crannies and little cottages and things like that that you don't normally see, which makes it really that much more authentic. Right. Like one of the things that I like about Luther, man, in particular, was like you guys can see some of the, um, the outskirts and some of the, 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 the cultural... Diverse, the cultural diversity inside of inside of what you thought was all like an all lily white neighborhood, mm-hmm. when it's not. You have you have you have your your blacks, you have your 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 your, your, um, your uh, Eastern Indians in there. You have all, all kinds of cultural things going on inside of it that make it make it uh, more realistic and more believable. Yeah, so like yeah, that. definitely, definitely. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, earlier about uh, uh, the character of Jerome, you know, carrying mm-hmm. a. Uh, uh, a machete. A machete. <laughs> yeah, and the actor's real name I think is Dion Lewis, and okay. and yeah, and so in London and in, and in the UK, you know, there's a large segment, you know, in terms of Black Brits, you know, that a mm-hmm. lot of them are of uh, West African descent, Nigerian, uh, Caribbean, right. you know, from Jamaica and from other places like that, and they, you know, they faced a, a different kind of, from what I understand, a different kind of racism. Uh, Right. You know, in uh, in London and in in the UK, as a result of that, and then of course, like you're saying, East Asians and uh, uh, you know, Indians and uh, and other folks, mm-hmm. you know. So it it really is very much a uh, um, you know a, a plethora and a very diverse uh, uh, group, uh, a, 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 a diverse society um, there. Um, but I lo- I loved I, I love this movie, man, uh, and I mm-hmm. agree with you. If they never did a sequel, it would just be my personal kind of private joy, you know, like a just a mm-hmm. personal favorite. It was like, okay, wow, mm-hmm. they did because everything was working against them. You know, they were mixing genres, as, you know, they're mixing like comedy and horror and sci-fi, you right. know, all together, and it's taking place in, in you know in a very urban environment. Mm-hmm. So you know, it could really have have not worked. And then you know, they didn't have a ton of money, you know, even mm-hmm. though I think it was Cornish's preference. To use more practical effects than uh, than CGI, you know they didn't have a ton of money for this, so it, everything right. was working against it. And you know, they really did create a great, you know, a great film and a great piece of art, um, you know, and and uh, and launched you know some some cool careers, you know, with Jodie Whittaker and John Boyega. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nick Frost was already Nick Frost at this point. He had already done Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, right? Uh, you know, so he was already kind of that guy. But, he, but to see him go further after this, he went. He did Badlands, one of my favorite favorite uh, uh, TV mm-hmm. shows on on. Uh, and you see Nick Frost in a different light too, because he's, he's more physical and and more more um, I guess you say more of a fiery type of situation. But uh, yeah, I, I like Nick Frost, man. I, I like I like the way they, they portrayed these characters, and I like the the various um, um, limitations they had um, uh, as far as uh, scope of of uh, technology goes. Yeah. Yeah, and oddly enough, um, Frost was on a show. There's a TV show that he was on recently, and he played a really bad guy, like what you're uh, kind of what you're implying is called the Nevers. It was on HBO. Okay. It's a uh, and oddly enough, it's a Joss Whedon show. Uh, oh. uh, but he plays like a bad guy, like a gangster, like a really threatening, uh, you know, a, who will you know who will fuck you up. Uh, right. On that show, and that was very different. You know, at first I was like, 
Nick Frost is one of the heavies, Frost, right? really. But right. but he right. brought it. You know, he brought it. He's 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 an actor, and uh, and he uh, he was able to uh, you know, to bring that character to uh, to life. So, right. But for anybody who has not seen Attack the Block, I highly recommend it. Dwight is 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 a relatively new convert. Um, Definitely. Yeah, but uh, a thumbs up from both of us. It's available right, right now, I believe, on Hulu, and it's on uh, uh, Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. 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 No, who knows how how much longer it's going to be there? Um, right. It'll probably move to Netflix or something else by the time they you know the sequel comes out, if the sequel actually does come out. Right. Right. But uh, but anyway, go see go see Attack the Block. A black attack the block. Black 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 black. <laughs> attack the block. <laughs> my block. It's my block. <laughs> That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the beast. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. 